Today's episode is brought to you by Pale Horse Media Co. Head on over to www.palehorsemedia.co for more of your favorite shows, books, and merch. I have two brand new releases for you over at Pale Horse Media Co. The first one, In His Name, My First Dive Into Fiction. It is just a fun, cool thriller if you're into that kind of sort of thing. And and we have the second expanded edition of the original, of the OG Safety Sucks, the bullshit and the safety profession they don't tell you about. I go through, I expand on some thoughts, add some bonus material, reflect on some of the chapters. So if either of those sound like things you should be interested in, again head over to www.palehorsemedia.co CO or find them on your Amazon marketplace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support of the books of the podcast of the merch store of everything. It truly means the world to us. This, this, this show is brought to you by safety FM. The hop nerd podcast is brought to you by hop University. Head on over to hopuniversity.org. That's hopuniversity.org. We offer on-demand and in-person hop training, speaking engagements, one-on-one coaching for safety professionals, and consultation to organizations for all things safety better. Again, head over to hopuniversity.org. O-R-G. Today's episode is also brought to you by Safety Sucks, the bullshit in the safety profession they don't tell you about, aka my first book. You can pick up a copy over at safetysucks.net if you want a signed copy. It's also available on Amazon through Amazon Prime. You can get a Kindle version of that. You can also head over to Audible or iTunes and get an audiobook version. Again, today is brought to you by Safety Sucks. Head over to safetysucks.net or pick up a copy wherever you find books or audio books. Hello, howdy, everybody. Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you are doing well wherever you find yourself. Things are going great here in the sunny and the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Other than the fact that it is hot, it is getting hot here. I don't know what it's like everywhere else in the world, but uh, this time in Phoenix, it is just uh, hell. I think that's the only way that you can describe it. It's hot, but we're good with it. We get... 80% 80% awesome year, and then uh, this, we get hell for about 20%, but that's okay. We'll take it. It's going to get better around October. Oh, God, we got a long way to go, but I'm not going to complain because we have part two of Rob Fisher today. So here we go. I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. Let's just jump right into this thing. It's Rob Fisher, me, you, hanging out, talking all things human and organizational performance. Here we go. You know, so so we've got this yeah. crowd out there that is zero isn't possible and rules mm-hmm. suck. Yeah, right, right. right. I think there's something in between there. Sure, yeah. I, I can't go into a major corporation and tell the CEO you are the dumbest. You're dumb as a box of rocks for creating right. a zero vision for those. Right, <laughs> right, right. I have to I have to talk around it. Yeah, but the same people that are kind of bashing that. Mm-hmm. How how much tolerance? above zero should we be talking about yeah and that's it's interesting because i don't know right i I think that i think there's you're right i think you're exactly right there's there's something in between and so a lot of where i take the conversation at is this uh is that you know 
is zero a good moral thing to talk about? Is it probably a good moral thing to have out there? Probably, especially if we're talking fatalities, right? If we're talking fatalities, yeah. serious injuries, yeah. for sure. You know, um, in in the line of works or in the line of work that most of us find ourselves in, at least in kind of, we'll just I will pick on the utility space a little bit, right? To uh, to not have even a bump, a bruise, or a scratch in some of the tasks that we do. I don't know, right? And, and so I'm I'm still I'm still in a position of I'll say that I'm in a position of discovery as well with some of this. But what I do know, at least from what I have seen, most organizations that have promoted this this kind of this really deeply ingrained zero culture, it really ends up in a position of almost zero reporting in the way that they kind of drive it. So um, I hear that. It's not um, what I'm seeing. So really? the people I felt like it's our job to train the senior leaders on how to look at that. Right. So for I've instance, a, I've got um, a five-year-old one. That's not a green screen. That's a child. You hi. can say hi. <laughs> the, uh, it, it's our job to help them understand what that means, because do we really want to approach no systemically preventable serious incidents? Right. And I think we do. Yeah. I think we want to approach no systemically right. preventable serious incidents. Right. Let's talk about that. Right. It's not right. So that would be a that would be the, some of the companies that do a journey to zero or something like sure. that. Sure. It, it's about the 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 way they see it and the way they talk about. It. Mm -hmm. But but now with the with a lot of the stuff that's going on, yeah. the people that say there's no such thing as zero. Well, well, how tolerant are you going to be? And I've started actually putting some of the thinking about some of the human performance elements with some of the things that are going on right now. And I haven't talked a lot about it, but if you think about it, I would never, ever intentionally say something uh, or imply something that would be um, offensive to someone. It's right, not right. Fun. So if that happens, it's an error by the sure. definition not an intent, conscious intentional violation. But right. it, so we could actually probably use some hot principles to help people understand yeah. when something's an error and when something's consciously and intentionally being violated for harm. Right. Right. No, I agree. I think, I think that it, it is an interesting kind of balance that we kind of find ourselves, especially as we get down that path of zero. Um, it's, it's a, it's going to be wonky territory for sure. Right. Because uh, that's that's what I've seen, at least in and around, again, from the day jobs that I found myself in, yeah. uh, and then in and around some of the folks that I communicate with, uh, it's been that. It's it's been that some of those organizations, uh, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. I'm, I'm, a, yes. I'm a firm believer in that, right? Um, I'm one of the, I can't say that I'm a person that will just demonize stuff outright, right? I truly believe that that most zero programs have come from a very good place. Right. Yeah. They, they didn't set out to say, you know, zero or else, but some of them have kind of devolved into that, yeah. right. Where it's, it's become this kind of this place of, okay, we demand green boxes in our metric sheets more so than it is about protecting people. Right. Yeah. I think and that that's the fear that that's the I, real I think fear that, is that. I think some of you guys are probably seeing more of that mm -hmm. by the time we are, embedded with and working with senior leaders they already understand that's not what it's about right, right. so i don't yeah. see it as much 
because yeah. the organizations we're working in are really trying to improve the things like the systemic yeah. drivers that would yeah. put somebody in a position. Exactly. And so I know it's out there, but I, I'm not going to run out and try and change a bunch of those people's minds. And there's some pretty well, big companies that are, that are doing it as well as it can be done. Exactly. And I think you're, you're spot on. I think probably the last approach would be to go out and, and again, to our point from earlier and, and even just now is we don't want to just go and go, you guys are stupid for, for talking about zero, because again, that, that's coming from a really great spot. Uh, from what I've seen um, and just Sam's opinion on some of that stuff is that I think it has some certain elements of zero culture. When we, when we go this route of zero, everything, that's the problem, right? Right, right. Zero everything. Infinity zero. Right. We, we get into this place where folks are going, really? And so it gets into a place to where when it's zero everything, people will start to not report stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, the, so what we have seen, and again, this is organizations that we work with. Sure. Is when they start to, when they start a journey their reporting actually starts to go up and they, they, they freak out a little bit because they see <laughs> that now you really, you really want us to tell you, we'll tell you. And, yeah. and you kind of got to talk the senior leaders down off the shelf. They said, that's not, um, that's things that were out there that you didn't Already know happened. about. Already you need happened. to be thankful for that. Yeah. Well, I, be appreciative. I, I really, I really, um, there's a couple pieces with that. Because I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Because that's just you see that so often, especially when you find that place that that maybe culturally, they've had some problems for a while. Then all of a sudden, you start to build that that maybe not even trust, but you give them the ability to be honest. Yeah. And now they have that ability to be honest, and now they're starting to tell stuff. And you have to kind of have that. There's a pro tip for everybody out there listening. Rob just dropped a super pro tip on you, which is if you start down that path, you need to kind of prep those senior leaders to understand that it's they're going to hear some stuff that maybe they didn't want to hear. <laughs> or maybe yeah, they thought they weren't yeah. going to hear for a second, you know. Well, and, and I think that in their brains, they're predicting this slant slant to yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah. And, and, so when you prep them and say, look, there's a lot of stuff out. In fact, I was on a, on a call the other day and I, and I told the leadership team that you guys are, are going to feel like you're getting worse before you get better. Mm -hmm, for sure. And it's not that you're getting worse. No, it's that no. you, you now know more about your organization the intelligence than you right. ever knew. Well, I, I love the way, I love the way that uh, the last person I heard say this, I, I, I don't know if I should credit it. I think I credit it to them. I don't know. But I'd, I'd, uh, I'd had a conversation with Sydney, Sydney Decker, not that long ago. And that's what he was talking about. You know, he's going to listen, you know, people are telling you this stuff. Uh, these are, these are investments that you've already made. So you might as well focus on getting your return on the investment. Just talking about incidents, right? You've already made the investment, right? You've already, you've already had the incident. You got to focus on the return on the investment. Yeah, so and I think, I think that's a really important thing. Yeah. I think that's a really important piece that organizations need to understand because so often when we have something that's not the zero, we go, Oh my God. And we freak out. And then we forget that our main goal here is to learn, right? We really have to learn and how we drive towards learning really starts with that reaction, right? If we have the, the wrong or, or poor reaction, I won't say wrong, but the, the poor reaction around an event, that's really gonna determine whether folks can tell us stuff in the future. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah. when we have that, that situation where um, 
I'll say the zero or else kind of cultures, we start that reaction off on the wrong foot before we even have the event, because we're, we're saying, we're saying you can't have anything or it's bad. And, and, and here's something that I've seen tied together way too much is the same organizations that have that zero or else mm-hmm. accountability is every other word out of their mouth. Uh, absolutely. Yep. So, yep. you know, now we're back to the poorly measuring of the metrics, but, but again, I just, I just think there needs to be a healthy mix of yeah. when organizations decide to go down a path, it's our job to help them down the path and get to the right place. It's not to yeah. say that's, you're going the wrong direction. Right. That's the wrong right. path. Right. I, th- I think that, I think I'll that's probably take some crap for that, but that's what I No, think. I, I think, I think, no, I, I don't think you will. I think that you're coming from a place of reason and that's, that's a valuable place to come from because it's very, uh, it's very easy to find ourselves in one side of that or the other. Yeah. Right. As, as human beings, we, we like that polarization. We want the person saying that zero is everything on one side. And we want the person screaming zero sucks on the other side. And we want everyone fighting in, in between right? <laughs> because it's yeah. fun. Right. It's with people. We're like, okay, fight. You guys do something, fight. <laughs> you know? But unfortunately it's not super productive, right? I, having that, that dissenting conversation between those two sides, I think is valuable, but I think just as valuable is the person that's, that's kind of in the middle saying we need to talk about what this actually looks like because you know zero probably doesn't completely suck but it's probably not the you know god's gift from heaven either let's let's right. talk about let's talk about what what real looks like real world what does that actually look yeah, like exactly. and i you know cuz that's the conversation that i've had with with some leaders too is that it's that okay i can't sit there and look you in the face and say that that saying that you don't want to hurt your employees is a bad thing because that's not a bad thing. That's probably a really good goal to not want to hurt your, not want to hurt your employees, but it's back to the approach and it's how it's messaged. And it's, yeah. it's all of that stuff. It's that holistic approach, um, you know, to say that, look, we don't want, we don't want folks to get hurt for sure. But well, if, the you, other if thing you do, we want you to have the ability to tell us and know that we're not going to beat you with the stick and we want to learn from it and all of that kind of sort of stuff. Now, I think if you go out and put a big zero on the wall and say, we want zero fatalities, that's probably a really good, good, good goal to just say, that's an actual goal. We don't want to kill people. That's probably right. a really, really good goal. Right. Yeah. But if you go out and you say, we demand that you not have anything that kind of total zero approach, you're probably not going to get anything. Yeah. And it's just not going to be real. Right. You're probably yeah. just not going to get the, get the real information. And the same thing almost translates to this whole um, people are taking sides on the rules and no rules. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay. I I get it. Rules in and of themselves do not produce safety. mm -hmm. Right. But there's a but in that sentence. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's similar to even the rules are another form of tool, right? It's another tool that we can use. They're still helpful. Um, I think that, that that's the point is I think most organizations, I, I can speak from the utility space because that that's, that's where I've grown up. That's where I spent the vast majority of my careers in, in the utility space. I can say that most utility companies have found themselves in a position where they have grown to a point of so many rules that they become, become less effective. Right. Just just a broad generalized statement here. Right. Yeah. That that you probably we, we end up with so many rules that we're going, OK, we've got too many rules. But that doesn't mean throw away all the rules. Right. right. There's the rules are valuable. 
rules are important to us. Um, our procedures are valuable. Our procedures are important to us. When we take a procedure that gets to the point that, you know, a procedure that maybe should be 10, 15 pages, and now it's 80 because we've used it as a way to create corrective actions by yeah. plugging stuff in, <clears throat> it gets bloated and unusable. And that, that's different, right? That's not what we're talking about. I think exactly the same, same point as earlier is that you got to find that happy medium between rules and autonomy. And that's probably going to be spe very specific to each organization. And based off of what they do, how they do it, all those different things. Um, but you got to I mean, find, you know, what's that sweet spot, right? What's that actual sweet spot between the right amount of rules and the right rules? Because, you know, um, we we talked a little bit before. I don't mean to ramble too much, but we talked a little bit before that the um, uh, I'd done a bunch of focus groups, right? Going out and talking to to employees, and you know, I can I, I tend to be I like to get a little polarizing sometimes to get folks to kind of like poke them to get them to talk, you know. And I'll say, okay, tell me what, tell me what you want to do with the rules. You guys want to burn them down? You want to get rid of everything, right? And the first question or the, the first response out of 99.9999% of all frontline employees is no, we like the rules. We just want the right rules. Yeah. And I think so that's I, the, the magic. Yeah, right? I say you need to, and, and look, that we're, we're about to publish our online uh, effective written guidance, you know, just so yeah. people can understand Here's how you can know, do I need it? Does it need to be written? If it does, what should the level of detail be and how should it be used? Yeah, that's, and, uh, yeah. and if you put some science behind that, mm -hmm. then, then you're going to have rules that are more right and more usable. Right. And people will use them more. Now, what that may mean is that a company that had 5,000 rules that were 80 pages long may have 20,000 rules that are three. Right. But they're only ever using three pages at a time. Right, exactly. That's not yeah. a bad thing. Right, right. And and so the whole that whole burn it down piece of rules is yeah, it, I, I read something the other day, it may have been been on LinkedIn that somebody was kind of provocatively saying, Who's who's telling the regulators that we need fewer rules? Right. I don't know. The public is telling them that you need more, mm -hmm. and the users are telling you that we need fewer, yeah. but tell that to a public that's requiring, I don't care whether it's carbon footprint or anything else. You have a, you have a public that's telling people that regulate that they need more rules that then trickles down to the person on this task at this time. Exactly. Our job is to manage that. Exactly. Not to tell a regulator you're full of crap as a Christmas goose. Right. Make rules for that. <laughs> Right, right. Well, and I think exactly. And I think that that that's the point that I think so much of where we go next, right? And I was just having this conversation uh, offline, which I, I won't throw their name out here because they haven't totally committed to being on the podcast yet. But I'll just say that they're they're more into the behavioral based safety side of things. And someone that I, I look up to, right? And most people, most people will go, what? When I've, you know, I look up to them. I, you know, again, I don't, I don't think that we need to throw everything out just because maybe a couple no. of pieces might need to improve. Right. Absolutely not. We were just having this conversation about, we need to do a podcast talking about there's certain pieces of behavioral based safety and certain pieces of hop that play very nicely together. They're inextricable together. Right. Exactly. I'm going, we don't always have to be in this position to where, you know, for, for some reason, as, as practitioners, as safety people, 
we like to like each stand in our corner and like throw stuff at each other and like poke each other and go, you're dumb, you're stupid <laughs> for, for whatever reason. It's, it's back to that provocative nature of human beings, I guess, you know. Um, but there's so much of this that when we put our minds together and we take these bits and pieces from all over, right? And I, I think, I think the, 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 the e-colors is a perfect example of that, right? When we take all these different pieces that are valuable, just value, it's valuable. And we put that stuff together. That's how we start to go to the next piece because they're not that we're not that different. We're not separate entities. We're all driving towards the same thing. We're all trying to find betterment in one way or another. Right. And so I think that there's something to be said there, whether it's zero, whether it's um, behavior based safety, whether it's the rules, the best approach is probably somewhere in the middle. Of, of most of all yeah. that right uh I, I get that that's not good for likes and that's not good for reshares and comments on linkedin <laughs> but, well, i mean I, I didn't live with i didn't live for those things for 40 years i'm not starting now i'm so and uh, so this is something that it blows people's mind when i say this and I, it's a little it's a little off it's a little off subject but other than other than my my linkedin stuff i do um, for like the podcast and all that, I have excised social media from my life. Like I refuse to <laughs> refuse to use it because I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. I've kind of that. I'm like I don't I don't want it. <laughs> for not to have it. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and and look, I think again, our job is if we're going to be effective at helping people say, you know, our it it sounds corny but we improve companies and lives through the creative application of technology. Yeah. That's not just a tagline. Nope. It's what we do. So I can't, I can't jump on an explosion train without understanding how I need to get someone to shift their paradigm to get the outcome right. that we know will work. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that's, I, I see a lot on there. I just don't, I don't see a lot of people that have decades of experience right. um, having to help people shift paradigms, Yeah, shifting to blowing things up. Well, Maybe I, we're I, wrong, you know? No, I, I think, I think that's what's, I think that's what's so great, right? I think that's what's so great about the, the thing that is great about the platform. The thing that is great about like what we're doing right now is we get to have these conversations. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that, that's one thing that I've been saying since I started podcasting was that I really think through conversations is how we make the world a better place to work. I, because, I completely agree a hundred percent. That's why I wanted to jump on this when you yeah. said, Hey, let's do this because the reality is the, the, the magic is buried in the one, one-on-one conversations mm-hmm. that we have over time. Yes. That yep. now people are actually able to listen in on and they never could before. Yeah. We could have this conversation a hundred times with people that, that, that may go out and, and impact five people in their organization, mm-hmm. or we can have it one time and let people sit on the fireplace and listen yeah. or listen to it while they're in their car. And that one thing they needed to hear that they go change a hundred lives. Yes. You know, I, I, I always wondered, and, and in my career, I'm hurt by the, by the ones 
not gladdened by the zeros. If that makes any sense at all. Right. Right. You know, uh, we've had some pretty major companies that went to zero fatalities using what we do for a long stretch of time. And then maybe they acquired someone, they had one, that one that they had five years down the road hurt. I mean, deep personal hurt. What could I have done different? What should I, or we have done different? Um, uh, and, and then I had somebody tell me, um, a few years ago, we had gone into an organization that was averaging about seven fatalities a year and every now and then it would bump up, but it was, it was in a third world country that was using a U.S. back, uh, company. And, uh, and we went in and we worked with them and the next year they didn't have it. Oh, that's good. The next year, the next year, it went five years and the plant manager retired. And I sometimes actually get a little emotional talking about this. The plant manager retired and he called me up and said, number one, you know, I just want to thank you for all the time that you've spent with me personally over the years. But I wanted to remind you of something before I leave. And that is that 35 isn't 35. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, we were averaging seven fatalities a year. We took that to zero over a five-year period. You would think that seven times five is 35, that you guys had an impact on 35 lots. People went home that, um, that, that may have not have gone home. But 35 is not 35. There was, there was probably a pastor in there. There was a softball coach. There was a city councilman. There was an elder in the community. If we look back at the spectrum over the last few years, and the same kind of people were killed or severely injured that were there before, you're talking about thousands of lives through extension that were improved and made whole. And, And it just hit me. How important yeah, what you do, right. not me, what you do is, right. how important it is to get that out. And now we have the opportunity for people to listen in on those conversations yeah. that we only had with one person before. Sorry to kind of go off on a tangent. No, I love it. I love it. Um, it's, it's, so, it's so spot on. I think there's people out there that need to hear that, especially in and around uh, the safety profession, the betterment profession, whatever they're trying to better. Yeah. Uh, because that's a lot of what I, I dove into kind of in this people, people see the, the title of my book and think I'm bashing the profession. I'm not by any means. I didn't think you were it, at all. Yeah. It's, 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 we get so burned out and tired sometimes. So for folks out there, especially the, the, the majority of my, of my listenership is, is safety practitioners, um, yeah. leaders, frontline leaders and folks like that. And, uh, I think that's a message that needs to be heard to understand the type of, cause I, I never heard it put like that either. I think that's just a wonderful way to such, such a wonderful story because um, it's easy to, to lose sight on how many lives you actually touch because you never really know. I think that's one thing that that most safety professionals struggle with at some point in their career, because they, they feel like they're spinning their wheels or they're getting a little burnout, out uh, and they're, they're going, Oh, why do I even do this? Right. And to hear that, right. Those thousands of people that folks have, have touched. And every, every safety professional out there is touching those people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
on, on the safety side, but they need to have conversations about that to talk about, yes. you know, what are we doing that improves your life? Yeah. And if that's nothing, change what you're doing. Change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because there exactly. should be something there. Yeah. So that may keep you going, but remember our, our, our ROI mm-hmm. is not in safety. So I love, there, there's a guy that works for Disney, a guy named uh, Bill Hemp. And he says, when we talk to people about sustainability as a safety professional, young people flock to safety if it's not called safety. Right. They're doing the exact same things, and it's about the sustainability of the organization. And, and if somebody stays at work instead of going home hurt, that's sustainability. That's human right. sustainability. Yeah. So if we need to shift our the way we talk about things to make safety not suck, Right. To be more sustainable, to understand that every person that uses what you teach them and doesn't have an incident or helps you prevent one, mm-hmm. that's an improvement of their life. Exactly. That's safety. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, spot on. And that doesn't suck. No, exactly. That you're, does not suck, right? You are you are you are spot on. And that's that's uh, uh exactly, exactly. We lose sight of that sometimes. Right. I think that's that's the important part to remember is that it's it's about making lives better. Right. It's yeah. about making for me, for me, that's kind of where we started on that path of just saying, you know, make the world a better place to work. And then the more you think about that, if you're making the world a better place to work, you're just making the world a better place, period. And that's period. a pretty that's a pretty good goal. Because, I mean, <laughs> and you do that by making lives, our lives better. Right. You make that by just making lives better. Make, how many times how many times do you say how many times does your day suck at work? So right. your family's day sucks at home. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not me. Not, I would never carry. I mean, not yours, 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 the listeners. <laughs> I would never carry stress home from work. <laughs> None of us I would. Keep right? job and job and <laughs> well, that's one of the first things that I share with, uh, with aspiring safety professionals is that is like, just get that notion out of your head right now, at least for, <laughs> for now. You're not going to keep them separate. <laughs> But no, I wanted to circle back before we wrap up and just say that, you know, um, back to that conversation piece. I just think it's important that this piece, being able to have these conversations, it takes all of these different viewpoints and experiences. And it allows us, as you kind of mentioned, to put that out there in kind of a record where people can go and tune in at, at their convenience and listen. And it just it's so valuable. It's so valuable. Because again, it allows us, it allows us to come together and we can, we can listen to your knowledge and wisdom, right? We can listen to knowledge and wisdom from others and we can put this conversation out there. And I think it, I think what's really interesting to me is, and we kind of touched on this a little bit and I won't go too far down the rabbit hole, but it allows us to bridge some of that generational gap that we might've had before. And it allows us to, as with organizations, just industry in general, we don't want to lose the ground that we've gained. And it allows us to take this and carry it forward and we better and grow and evolve and make better, but we don't lose the stuff that's so important to us, right? I think it's just so valuable. Yeah, I I think one of the reasons it is so valuable is because you can't swing it I was going to say you can't swing a dead cat. I understand it. Others out there might not understand what you're saying. I grew up in Southwestern Virginia. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) I mean, 
I don't even know what phrase to use now. So <laughs> cut that. But um, you, there are so many what's out there, and without any context, what this allows us to do is find out why Sam thinks the way he thinks about that thing. Exactly. Why does Rob think the way he yeah. thinks about those things? Yes. Putting that in context, I mean, circling all the way back to Hop. Yep. Incidents without context, you don't understand them. Right. So the same thing happens here is you you can draw out some of the reasoning mm-hmm. that that then other people can say, well, you know, that makes a little more sense. Right. And than the what, right. and and again, those are very personality dependent attributes. That the why is usually the last thing we go to, right. but everybody needs a piece of it. Exactly. Oh yeah. Well, and what's so interesting to me uh, is that the or the one of the the better parts about the conversation, back to that conversation piece being so vital, is that ultimately none of us are going to hold all the answers. None of us are going to be completely right. There are stuff that I'm completely wrong about, as all of us are, right? We all, we all have right. pieces where and then later on we go, holy crap, I was so stupid about that. <laughs> we, we, all, we all have those pieces. And it allows us to learn and grow from each other. And we all kind of hold a little piece, right? We all kind of hold a little piece. And the more of those conversations we have, the more of those pieces that gets to kind of your point about the reasoning and the logic and all those things, it allows us to start putting the pieces of that puzzle together. And we actually start to get into a place to where we can start to build something, I think, which is, which is what's so neat. Um, and for like that, that's one of the best parts. That's one of the best pieces of feedback that I get from the listeners out there. It's just that they love this. They love just hearing us sit here and have this conversation and just go down these little rabbit holes and, and, and get into some of that logic and share some of that stuff. They like being the fly on the wall, right? I was uh, going to use that exact same yeah. phrase. Yeah. Back in the day, you would hear, you know, if I heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. Man, what I wouldn't give for, for to be a fly on the wall when you and Todd sit down or when you yeah. and Stan sit down or when you and, yeah. when you and Jay or somebody sits down. Yeah. And now people can be that fly on the yeah. wall. They can take what they need from it. We don't know what they need. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, oh, it's so great. Well, let me, let me throw this out here. So this is, this is my, um, the only one question that I ever always ask everybody is this. So, um, and it, I don't know where it came from. I just started saying it like this, any final words. <laughs> or okay. any, and, and what I mean by that is this, is anything out there uh, that you would want to, any go-dos or any pro tips or anything that's on your heart or anything that you would like to just share with safety practitioners or frontline leaders uh, or any folks out there that might be tuning in? What, 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 would, what would Rob Fisher like to share with those folks? You know, it is not a shameless marketing alert to tell people to really start paying attention to personalities. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to go, um, if, if you're going to go down the hop route, um, we, <laughs> now that we've got probably 10 or 12 big deployments of arrow under our belts, the, the difference in the speed and the potential sustainability, um, from what HP and hop used to be to that next logical step is, is, it's frankly amazing to me. I knew there was something there. I just didn't know what it was. And people people want to avoid thinking about their personality tendencies. Um, but if you're really trying to make the world a better place, 
how you and I see risk and how we manage risk based on our personality tendencies, that freaking matters. So pay attention to it. <laughs> don't 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 leave something behind because it might make you uncomfortable. Right. I love it. And that that's the one thing that I'll say. I mean, just doing and I've done a couple of the other ones. I've done uh like the, the disc evaluation. I've, I've played with them, right? If yeah. most folks out, most folks out there, if you've been around a larger organization, they probably put you through one at some point, yeah. but it's, it's always in kind of this weird HR territory. It seems like. So exactly. the cool thing is that this is to me is way more useful, right? Because it's, it's to your point about value. It's something that you can take and you can start to do things a little differently. Right. And I was sitting here and as, as you're kind of saying that I'm going, Oh, this may change management so much easier. <laughs> Would you know it really does because you have personalities that you're yeah, yeah. all the different attributes. Uh, uh, well, do so, you mind if I tell one quick story? No, I, I'm always open for a story. You so go where, ahead. Where we, where we knew we were really, really onto something. You know, again, I come from an operations background. Mm-hmm. Was we deployed in a big oil field, and um, <laughs> two years after we deployed, uh, we were touring the oil field with a VP of the oil company and a couple of other folks. And we come across a sludge truck driver that is a third level subcontractor. And, and we, we, we walk up and, you know, how's, how's it going today? Oh, it's going great. And, and we noticed the guy had his personal intervention wristband on. We thought we never deployed the second generation contractors, much less third. And uh, so how's it going? says, Oh, y'all are those, Y'all are those people that do the personality stuff with you and performance, right? I said, yes. He said, oh, man, let me tell you, it has completely changed. Our journey management is different. I can look at somebody, and now I know what kind of information they need. This is a guy that drives a sludge truck in the, in the oil field. Yep. And we're thinking, okay, that wasn't our initial target, but if this guy's life is better yeah. because of this, we're, we've done the right thing. That's, yeah. Love it. Better is better. <laughs> it's better. Well, let me let me say this. How can uh, how can folks get a hold of you? How can folks reach you? I, we were talking about you've got the podcast. Um, you've got my personal favorite, which is the walks and talks. So please don't stop doing those. They're so cool. I love it. I love <laughs> that it. means I, I got to so, keep walking. Right. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I got to keep walking too. I, that's why I keep joking with folks. I do mine on a bike. I, I get on a bike for a little bit. <laughs> I saw that. I saw I'm like, I've got to. I got to. Uh, that's it. Holds me accountable to the bikes. So I'm like, okay, I got to. I lose my quarantine forty that I put on from. <laughs> my Grubhub, you know, sushi, Uber Eats delivery. <laughs> but so those, those are out there. You're obviously on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll link all that stuff. I'll link all that stuff in yeah. the show notes. Um, but what's, what's your website? How can people get a hold of you? All that kind of stuff. Uh, the easiest way is to go to improvewithfit.com. Um, and, and everything's there. You know, we're pretty um, flagrant with putting our stuff out there. Yeah. So the insights page has all the things we've been talking about and the, uh, I, you know, there's an obvious podcast page there, but yeah. you know, there's a, there's an intro video on the front page that people sometimes just go by. If you want to kind of learn about us in our history. That's a great place to start. Awesome. 
Awesome. And I'll, I'll link all of that stuff in the show notes. As I said, uh, Fisher Improvement Technologies, amazing. Awesome. Again, I, I would throw the word out there, legendary, right? Well, the, the, the legendary Rob Fisher here with us. So again, check all that stuff out. They can help you with just about anything it sounds like you need. Uh, and this stuff, especially if you're thinking about going down this path of aero, right? And e-colors and all that stuff. They, they're just doing amazing work. They're on the forefront of this stuff so it's i really appreciate you having me on i I, uh you know i hope it was valuable in in multiple different ways for both you and your listener i think we need to carry on some of these conversations whether we're on a podcast or not so yeah i'm looking forward to that well i I will i will tell you this that i'm already plotting on having part two i want to plot your return here at some point so you just (laughs) you just say when and we'll do this thing again well, there you have it. That is it. Part two with Rob Fisher. I know it was awesome, right? I mean, that's the only way that I can describe these folks. I mean, Rob was just amazing. We got down into all kinds of cool stuff. Make sure you head over and check them out over at Fisher Improvement Technologies. They're doing all kinds of really cool stuff. And this is just the parts of the conversation that you could really hear because you got to cut some or this would be like eight hours long. Rob and I talked for a super long time. He's just Super interesting person to chat with, full of knowledge, full of wisdom. So make sure you head over and check them out. They're doing all kinds of cool, amazing stuff. They're on the uh, cutting edge of a lot of stuff. So make sure you check them out. That's all I've got. Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.